Hey, Black Party gang. Today we had a chance to sit down and speak with Jacob Redzinyak, the man behind the eponymous Jacob Redzinyak wedding and portrait photography. Oversaturation in the NYC photography scene is an understatement, as many enterprising photographers here will all too readily attest to. Jacob speaks on how he was able to establish a profitable brand and niche in photography and how he was able to build a scalable business model in something he's been passionate about since his father first introduced him to photography as a kid. If you're a photographer and you're interested in taking your photography business to the next level, you won't want to miss this podcast. Look, like sometimes you got a business name where like there's no other logical thing to do. But right. then again, you think look look at all of the big businesses. Yeah, nobody has a dash. No dash, one has right? a dash. Yeah, no. It's all like short, memorable. That's yeah. why I hate my fucking name and my domain name. Yeah, my business name. Maybe you could just shorten it to JJ. JJ. JJ yeah. Photography. Um, like it's I've I've thought about like rebranding into like a studio type name. You know where like first because that's the other thing like where my business model is headed. I feel like I'm talking to the podcast right now. You are. You're right. I'm recording your ass. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. No, like one of the... Th- I mean, Chris doesn't have the video rolling yet, but yeah. that doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, but it's still... it's still, Like, we, the audio component is separate from the video right, component. Right, yeah. and the video component is yeah. made for video. So, um, but yeah, basically, like, one of the limitations that I felt like I had for a long time is being able to scale up the business and having other shooters work for me. Right. Um, so, I'll give you an example. Like, I... I've had weddings where I'm already booked and then somebody else comes to me like they want the same date that I've already agreed on with another client. Okay. Well, rather than saying no, you tell them yes and then you send out your best guys on that job. Right. You know, um, so having a name that is kind of more general, like a studio name, I feel like is more clients almost expect that more. Yeah. Whereas if they're coming to you as a business and the business is named after your first and last name, Feel like they're expecting you to be there physically right they're gonna be like who's jacob where is he like that's that's yeah. who i'm coming to see right yeah um so like it, it's like right now it's again if that if the situation comes up where i have to send out somebody else because i'm not physically available for that day right um it's like an extra step for me to explain that but that's how you know my business operates because right. the thing is like in the long run you're not going to be able to scale out without using, without leveraging other people's time. Right. You know, like you can build a business to probably, you could probably even build it to like, I don't know, half a million a year revenue. You're still not, you know what? No, that's even exaggerating. Like you're going to, eventually you're going to come to a limitation where you need to use other people's time to, to keep scaling. There's only so many minutes in your day. Right, exactly. Right, when you yeah, said yeah. half a million, I was like, you probably have some pretty heavy hitter clients at that point. Well, no, because like, think about it, like maybe you're selling product, right? Maybe you're uh, product. Okay. And yeah. I, I'm talking about revenue. I'm not I talking always about forget that, man. Profit. So, so uh, in the photography business, I know you already explained this to me, but basically, you know, the photo shoot itself, the event is one, but the, the, the actual selling of products, like... Um, yeah, it's like a wholesale process, just yeah. like any other business, I feel, yeah. you know? Um, and it came, it comes back to like the same thing I was just talking about, where you can only sell so many hours of your own time. Right. Um, so if I if I if I shoot an, uh, a wedding and I am you know I'm the day of the wedding I'm shooting for like let's say twelve hours I, I book a twelve hour package right, um, and then so I get hired for that I get paid for my time there I deliver the gallery great, but what's a nice easy upsell for me is the album 
Right. You know, and that's like, okay, it's going to take me a couple more hours to design it. But hey, once that's designed, maybe they want to add on parent copies. So the work is already done. It's just a matter of ordering an extra quantity of an extra one or two albums right. from yeah. my supplier, right? Yeah. And that's, at that point, you know, the amount of time I spend designing one album, but then ordering three albums for the parents, it's, you know, it comes out to the same thing, right? Right. Like when it comes to the amount of time I invested. Um, Cost the time output. Yeah. So, um, and then, you know, they, they say, like, do what you're best at and outsource everything else. That's another thing. So I'm, I'm kind of, like, currently on this cusp of having just enough volume where I'm able to manage the editing and post-production myself versus just a little bit more volume and I'll be, like, kind of burning out and a little bit overwhelmed with the editing process, yeah. which is going to hinder my ability to focus as much as I can on my current clients. Right. You know, and, like, the communication I have to dedicate to them and all that. So outsourcing the editing is like something that's currently on my list of things to, you know, start doing in the near future. I mean, just from the, the editing that we do for the podcast, for the videos, the audio, like, yeah. I know that's a lot of time. So yeah. I'm surprised yeah. you don't already do that with all the clients that you have, you know, for wedding season. I mean, so especially. I feel like the style that I've developed and become known for, yeah. it would take me a really long time to train somebody uh, to do that, yeah. you know? Um, and I feel that... Just the thought of doing that right now is kind of like, oh man, that's like I have to dedicate a lot of time to train somebody and make sure that they're responsible and, and feasible know. and professional. Yeah, so like finding the balance be between like finding somebody that's good that's gonna stick around for a while, so I don't have to retrain somebody else in the near future, you know. Yeah. And then somebody that's also obviously fits within your your business's budget. Yeah. Um, all of that kind of like comes into play. So. It's it's super, like it, it. It's so important, like to always. You can never understate under understate the the creativity and what you're known for. But at the same time, you have to educate other people to to be able to execute the same flavor that you have. And that in itself is business operations that required a completely different skill set. Which, how have you felt like balancing that with with being able to actually even bring your own craft higher? I'm not understanding the question. Um, oh, sorry, my apologies. That I, yeah, I, that, that <laughs> I was, didn't understand the question. Yet. I was like, whoa. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, apologies. Like, but but I think what what Chris is trying to say is basically when you, for instance, when you buy a franchise or something like mm -hmm. that, you buy like a Starbucks, they'll go in and they'll train the employees and you yourself as the owner now to to stay consistent with the brand, so that no right. matter which McDonald's you go to, so that's essentially what you're saying with the scaling out process. Even with you buying a studio name, yeah, yeah, yeah. By changing it, you want to. You know, oh, so like, all right. How do I make sure that I have that consistency? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like, I'm not gonna just like go on Craigslist and find a, a guy and then send him out on the random wedding somebody that I've never worked with before. You know, like the only person people I find comfortable sending out on weddings that I won't physically be attending, mm -hmm. and making sure that the quality of work that they're delivering for me when I'm not physically there yeah. is people that I've already worked with for like 20, 30 weddings in the past. You know, people that. Because like like I said, like most weddings, I'll do me plus a second shooter. Yeah, right. Um, the, the whether or not like there's somebody else with me on the wedding day it depends on the package that the client buy, uh, books. Depends on how many guests they're having. It depends if like maybe the bride is getting ready in Staten Island, the groom's getting ready in Queens. It doesn't fe make feasible sense for me to like be in two locations, like, drive back and forth. You know. Yeah. It only makes sense for me to have two photographers that day. So, um, but anyway, um, so these are people that I've worked with in the past, you know, and then they've proven themselves to be, to deliver consistent work that matches my style and my brand. 
um, and, and what, people, what my clients know me for. Uh, at scale, what do you see the, uh, like, your, like, I know, I know it's like theory crafting and stuff like that, but like yeah. at scale, how many people do you see operating with at the size that you'd like to be while still retaining that consistency that you're known for? Yeah. Um, I know studios, they churn out like 300 weddings a year. They have a huge turnover with photographers and, and, you know, and like, yeah, they, they're super high volume, but they don't they're not able to like offer that like boutique experience that I'm currently able to. Yeah. It's like right now I'm doing about 30 or so weddings a year, you know? Yeah. And um, I probably like, I'd be comfortable scaling out to, I don't know, 60 to a hundred a year maybe. Yeah. Um, I'll see how that goes. You know, like I, I don't want to, I don't want to say that right now and then lock myself into something, to, yeah. you know? But what, but like uh, speaking on that, like uh, 60 scaling out to 60 to a hundred, what kind of, operation is required to be able to, to maintain something like that because you you by yourself are handling you and and the people that you work with are able to handle yeah. uh, like 30 or so, so a year like, like so it kind of comes down to like different almost like a, like all right so like right now I'm kind of like a one-man team in a way like as far as the management of the of the business goes you know like I do all the client communications I take care of all the equipment I take care of all the um Counting, I take you know like I am every department you know yeah and then like the day of an actual project like the wedding that's when I have extra help right so like I said before like maybe outsourcing editing would be one thing that would help me out you know scale further because it's gonna free up more of my time that I can dedicate towards like client communications and meetings and emails and whatever right yeah um, so and then that, that's honestly a very very big chunk of time that I think a lot of people don't realize goes into the actual into that, into that business you know like the editing the post-production post-production you know? Um, and like you know, you're 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 editing the podcast yourself, so you like removing all the ums and ahs and stuff like that. Like I've done that. I know how time consuming it is. So it's, su it's such a thing. Yeah. How do you how do you how do you actually like get started doing this? Like going from like this to to the stage that you are right now, yeah, where yeah. you want to be. Like how do you even get started doing this like photography business of yours? So that that's one thing that I definitely want to ask you because there are a lot of photographers in New York City. Mm -hmm. Like how did you land upon a profitable business model? Uh, niche as well for photography. So how did this, so, you know, develop? Yeah. So like, I mean, so my story is basically, I kind of got introduced to it through my father because he he was a wedding photographer. This was like back in the film days, totally different market back then. Right. Uh, you know, people had lower expectations. People didn't really know like what's what's out there. There was no social media. You know, like you didn't go on Pinterest or Instagram and like try to plan out your entire wedding. Um, only like wedding photos you kind of probably look through where your closest friends your and family and, like, yeah. Yeah, and like just flip through that album that would like fall apart because like the photos were like slipping or whatever um so like that's kind of like you know what it used to look like and what i what i grew up grew up knowing but anyway he, he like he got me introduced to it he got me my first camera it was just like an instant like passion hobby type of thing that i fell in love with um and over time like i really wanted i like the idea of shooting weddings i like the big fancy venues and going somewhere different every single weekend, you know, um, like I feel like shooting in a studio day in, day out, like it would just be so monotonous and boring for me. I love being on the move all the time yeah. and, and all that. So um, getting into like breaking into the wedding industry as a photographer, especially like I mentioned in New York City is really difficult. Um, and like it, it takes a long time because uh, it's so heavily like based on word of mouth referrals. Um, not just from clients, but like from vendor relationships you make. So like, you know, you want the venues to like you, the people that work at the venues. You want like 
people that um, to shoot video, you know, like so we refer back to each other, each other back and forth. Um, and there's all the other people that work in that wedding industry you want to make as much of those connections as possible. It's only logical that's going to take some time. Yeah. Um, so you just got to keep showing up, putting yourself out there. That's like the number one key thing. Um, but like for me getting started, I started really young, like 2010. I was, I, yeah, I think it was like 2010. That was like the first time I ever got paid for a job. So I guess that's what makes me like a quote unquote professional. Right. Um, so I was, that was, 2010 was the year I graduated high school. So I guess I was like 17, 18 at the time. Um, who's going to hire an 18 year old for a wedding? Yeah. You know, like even if you know what you're doing, you got some nice photos in your portfolio. You, there's no way you can possibly you, have the you experience. Don't have no clout. Yeah. You have no type of like, yeah. like clout in the industry. You have no experience to back up like your, you know, uh, your, your work really. Um, so what I, in the very beginning, honestly, it was kind of like a fake it till you make it type of mentality. And, yeah. and um, you just got to keep grinding, keep trying and, and keep looking for those opportunities as they arise so that, you know, when you finally get an opportunity, you're able to, to act on it. What, what was the, uh, like the, the, the turning point when you were like, wow, this could really be a thing? Like you said, yeah. like 2010 was the first time you actually got yeah. paid, but like there had to be a moment where yeah. you were like, like vividly like, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is, this could be it. Uh, so fast forward, I guess, to after college, I graduated college, like 2014, I guess. Um, I was working an IT job for about like just under two years. Started out like fun. I liked the corporate environment. I thought that's what I wanted to do my whole life. Cause like I didn't actually want to own my own business. I've been looking at what my father did. Um, like he, he ran his own business. Now he has a photo developing lab. And um, honestly, like he was never home on like on the weekends. We never go on a vacation together. Like the business was like totally consumed his life and, and his mind. Like twenty, it was like a twenty four seven thing. And growing up, I always thought that's not what I want my life to look like. Yeah. Um, but I guess I don't know. I guess it just runs in the family in my blood that I can't escape that. Yeah. Um, and the other part of it was like I didn't think photography because of how saturated the market is. Um, I didn't think photography would be like a feasible way for me to make a living, you know, yeah. especially in New York City with like the cost of living here. Um, but over time, like I, I found, um, I found different like strategies and 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 how to kind of like restructure my business model and my pricing and how to make myself better and stand out in the market. Uh, that finally allowed me to see, look, like maybe there is something here. Maybe I can actually sustain myself off of this, you know. Um, so that was like that was like a big part of it because. Um, I didn't, so although I enjoyed some, doing something, I was also realistic. I knew I wanted to be like successful from like a financial perspective. Profitable, yeah. Um, which is why I never really considered photography to be like a realistic choice for me to, you know, do as a career in my life. Yeah. Um, but when I figured out like, wait, there's a different way of doing this um, where you actually are profitable. And the other thing was, you know what? I, I also really realized that if there is anybody else in the world that's doing what you currently want to be doing, there's absolutely no reason at all why you can't do it yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're, like we're all on this planet together. We're all just human. Right. You know, and it's like, what makes that other person different or better than you that makes it you think that you can't do what they're doing? Right. And like when that, like when, like that kind of idea like clicked in my head, I was like, why not? I, I can do it. Like, yeah. Like these people online are doing it, you know, that I'm following them, like I'm inspired by them. Why can't I do it, you know? Um, I mean, obviously so. your clients have been, have been coming back to you and, and re they, they advocate for you. I'm, 
I'm just gonna take a leap of faith and say they think you're the bee's knees. So, like when when it when it really comes to that like that 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 level of uh, experience, like how do you how do you would you suggest somebody like you said like the whole fake it till you make it idea will sustain a lot of that, but like keeping. So like, you know, can I stop you for a second? Yeah, yeah. So when I said fake it till you make it, I had a very specific example in mind. Okay. And so like I said, like it's really really hard for you to get hired to shoot a photograph a wedding. You know, it's like a one once in a lifetime really thing for people and they want like, it right. You're not going to recreate it, you know. It's not like it's not like a holiday corporate event that you're photographing that nobody's going to remember a week from after that, you know. It's like right. this is like a big event in people's lives like you people take out mortgages for their weddings, man. Especially in New York City, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, so I'm like, all right, how can I put myself out there? I have zero weddings in my portfolio to show. And nobody's willing to hire me. I've been trying, you know, to even like even like, like cheap prices or whatever, trying to um, get people to, to, to hire me, and it's not working out. So um, I had the idea of I went on Craigslist. I put up an ad, and I'm like, listen, if you were recently married and you still have, like, your wedding gown and, like, your tuxedo, I will pay you 50 bucks. I was like 18 at the time. I was like, I'll pay you 50 bucks. Pose for me for like an hour or two. And I'll take like, you know, fake wedding photos. Which is not really fake because they were a real couple, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, but, and so like it turned out like, so there's one couple reached out to me like, um, what was their name? I forgot their names. But this was like years ago. Um, and I remember them telling me that like, yeah, they got married like a year before that. They hated their wedding photos. They were like all blurry and whatever. Uh, the photographer got drunk at their wedding. He stole their silverware. So like they're like, this is like a blessing that we saw your Craigslist ad, you know. And they got like paid on top of that because I promised them. So yeah, um, and yeah, like I still, I literally still have one of those images in my portfolio till this day, you know. And this was like w the first ever like fake wedding shoot I've ever did, you know. So, right. um, but you gave them, you gave them like that second chance and like yeah, so like, like add, add something that's super yeah. important to them. And that, they, I don't know if you know this, but. Did they end up using your photographs as their official wedding photos? I mean, so I didn't like I wasn't like doing albums back then and stuff like that. Got you know, it. Like okay. I was just like I just wanted to get a yeah. website going with like something to show for the future. So I did that. And then like uh, sometime later, I did like another thing that was like pretty similar um, with like just a bride on her own, like posing in a gown. Yeah. Um, sort of like walking around the city. Everyone's like saying congratulations, but there's no groom around. Groom around. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, that, and that kind of like that helped me, like I said, fake it till I made it, you know, and like finally some people started noticing like, oh, this guy has you know potential. And like I wasn't booking big gigs in the beginning. It was like very small stuff. Um, it wasn't like extravagant venues and and crazy stuff like that you know it was like civil hall civil um civil weddings in like city hall yeah stuff like that and like you know you're like like you're it takes patience and time yeah and, and like i said if you just keep showing up and keep doing it like you're gonna get those opportunities eventually you know? yeah um let me give you another example so like so like people you know some people are like i, I shot like a destination wedding in santorini in mm -hmm. greece right like beautiful place everyone's like yo you're so lucky like how did you get this opportunity I'm like, well, there's a concept of luck, and like, the, there's also the saying. I don't, it's like a quote. I'm not sure who said it, but uh, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And here's the thing: like, I've been preparing for years and years and years, you know, putting in the work to create the type of work that that attracts my clients and makes me good at my craft. Um, and then I finally got an opportunity that, you know, allowed me to to kind of like execute on that and like and and be chosen for that opportunity because of the work I put in beforehand. Yeah. Therefore I was quote unquote lucky. Right. You know, but so. like at, at that point you were just, you were just, you just kept 
providing good content. You kept providing good content beforehand. Nothing ever is gonna be like good quality like work. Yeah. And like you said, the opportunity meets preparation. Yeah. And and I I just think about all the like steps that you had to take to get to that point from that that fake from the fake wedding video uh, photos that you had to take all the way through the small clients all the way up to the big clients like it it, it was just it was bound to happen regard like right, right. regardless like you you really got to put in that work and effort yeah. and that's like that's super yeah. that's super powerful yeah and and I think that goes for like any business owner um any any anyone like in a startup phase or even later in life you know like we do things for free um, just because of like maybe we want to establish a connection with somebody a relationship maybe um, you know like we will we'll offer our clients certain deals or whatever just because we think that in the future it might benefit us in some other way yeah um, so I that's the thing like it just takes patience it takes work and, and I think a lot of people you know just need to realize that like do you have to make some sacrifices in the beginning to like reap the rewards in the future so yeah. at, at this moment in time right now where where you've had this experience you've done a lot of stuff like as a business owner now trying to transition to a new phase mm -hmm. of of like of like your game and your craft what what are the things that like really keep you thinking about like like right now because i remember earlier you mentioned you liked the idea of going from point a to point b being at different locations but i also mm -hmm. know now that at this point in time you're thinking about like more client ops you're thinking more about like like the emails the meetings actually like coordinating this stuff do you think yeah. that'll detract from uh actually being a part of like the on-field work when you start incorporating like new uh like employees that you're gonna work yeah, yeah. with and stuff like that so that's a really good point and so i entered the business and in this industry in, into this industry because like of my love and my passion for the craft and actually yeah. being behind the camera but as the business grew to the point it is today um, I also kind of fell in love with the actual running the business, you know, and, and seeing it grow and, um, and all the work that kind of goes into it, even though like, yeah, you get sleepless nights, you get like, you know, super ambitious deadlines that you set for yourself. Like some people wait like six months for their photos. I deliver, I've delivered as soon as like two days after, like an entire gallery of a thousand images edited, you know, it's like, why do I, do I have to do that? No, I don't have to do that. Do I? Does that help me separate myself from the market? Yeah. 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 You know, um, I think so. And, and and that's even like going through my testimonials, my reviews. That's honestly like one of the one of the things that like you'll see over and over people saying is like we can't believe how fast we got our photos. You know. So you like I said, like you you make certain sacrifices and like you go the extra mile to help separate yourself. Yeah. Um, but just like to go back to your question, I'm not really like. I, I'm not really sure of how, like, what direction the business is going to go in at this point. I'm still really young, and um, I feel like I have the energy to keep hustling right now. Yeah. And and trying to juggle as many things as I possibly can. Yeah. I'm guessing that later in life, I'm going to want to kind of go back on the amount of weddings I'm physically shooting myself and yeah. do, go more into, like, management mode. Um, but I still... My team right now is great. It just needs to grow larger, you know? And, and I'm just very particular about how I curate the people that I choose to work with. Yeah. Um, because I want to make sure that they, their mind, their heart is where mine is. Yeah. You know, when it comes to showing up on a wedding day, um, I know people that, like, they do weddings just because it's good money. I do weddings because, like I can say, like, I really enjoy it. I love making the connections with people. Um, 
I, I love all of those aspects. It's not just about the paycheck at the end of the day for me, you know? Yeah. Um, but the fact that I'm able to take my passion and, like, sustain my, my life because of it, thanks to it, yeah. that's, you know, it's like win-win. Why would anyone not want to do that? It's, that's, that's, super, yeah. that's super dope. Just because when I, when I think about, like, just, just from this conversation alone and just knowing, like, the work that you do, you're never probably ever gonna stop hustling. Like yeah. that, that, like that mentality never really leaves somebody who's really excelling. Like the thing that always connects a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people who are actually pushing mm -hmm. the envelope. They, they always have that hustle, keep improving, keep improvising, keep innovating. Yeah. That, that mentality, and I, I, I think that's gonna be probably a defining thing moving forward for you. Uh, well, I don't know, but like, I like just generally speaking, like. You put your passion into it. You put your craft into it. Yeah. It only. Sure. It's only. It's only gonna just change. But the core tenants are always gonna still be there. Yeah. And even talking about like finding the people around you, still trying to keep that boutique experience while yeah. still being able to service more and more clients. Uh, yeah. How 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 important do you feel that boutique experience is towards uh, the the client relationships that you have with the people that you actually go and do these weddings for? Like how what what do you think their value is on on that? So, I mean, it's only logical that the more clients you have, the less time you can dedicate towards each one, right? Mm -hmm. um, there, are, there are, I'm sure there are businesses out there that pull it off to have a great, like, set of employees as, um, like, as managers. Yeah. Um, I'm not at the level yet, you know? And, like, I don't, I don't, the, 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 the idea of, like, a huge volume, like, two, three hundred weddings a year type of business model, it doesn't attract me yeah. that much. Like, I feel like that's just way too much. Um, I like having the one-on-one -on -one meetings with my clients, with my couples, um, and, and establishing those relationships, you know, like, um, two or three weeks ago, I had a session, session ended, we, we went out to lunch together, you know, like, I feel like a lot of photographers don't do that. Um, I can't, I don't do that with every club, every client, you know, there's, there's, um, certainly some that you you mesh with a little bit better, a little bit, you know, you vibe with, more with. Um, and then there's yeah. others that they they maybe are the ones choosing to be a little bit more distant. They 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 just uh, they're just there for the work, you know. It, it changes able. based on client to client. So yeah, everyone's so different, you know. You can't um, can't really like put anyone in like one all of your clients into this one box, you know. Like which is what I'm thinking. I'm like like now that it uh, occurs to me, you said that certain um, you said certain uh. uh Apologies, I'm, I'm losing the word right now, but uh, uh, certain organizations handle these large volume and intake of clients. Like mm -hmm. how, many, how many of these, these uh, organizations actually exist and are, are like really successful and attractive to people? Like what attracts these people who want? All right, uh, put better. Why would I go to one of these 200, 300 clients a year if yeah. I know that that level of attention that you're describing with somebody Who's more intimately like communicating yeah. with the couples? Why would I? Why would I go to them when you sound like a much more attractive like like bargain? I mean, not bargain, like attractive like offer. Offer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's a great question. And so, one of the key differences is going to be budget. Mm. You know, um, I have less supply to give, um, whereas my demand is high, so my price is going to go up, right? Yeah. Simple supply and demand rules. Um, they have a huge amount of supply to give away. They're gonna offer that at a lower price point. 
Okay. Yeah. There's companies out there. They will give you a photo, video, and a DJ, and they'll throw in some other stuff, you know, on top of that. Yeah. Um, they've been around in the industry for 30, 40 years, whatever, you know, they have more relationships built up. I've only been in this, what, like I said, like weddings really last four or five years, Yeah. you know, and it's been like really, really serious last three or so. Um, so, you know, you can't really compare that, but it also comes down to like how you, how you, um, how you sell yourself, mm-hmm. you know, so the larger volume guys, the way they're probably selling themselves is, look, we do this many weddings per year, which makes us great at what we do because we're so experienced, right? Yeah. Um, but there's pros and cons with that because, like, those guys are burnt out. You yeah. Know? There's 52 weeks in a year. If you're sure. if you're shooting, you know, depends how many shooters they have, but, like, if you're shooting every single weekend, just one a week, and, like, I know, like, I've done, I've done three weddings, uh, like, back-to-back, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You are dead. You are dead after that. Like, you come home, some of them, like, especially if it's, like, further away, one of them I was driving back from uh, Montauk. Yeah. And, like, from drive Montauk from, to Brooklyn, like, that's a, that's a journey, man. Yeah, after a, after shooting for 12 drive, hours. Yeah. Um, and then you still deliver that that high-quality experience, that yeah. high turnaround time. That, yeah. That's... So, and, and most weddings are anywhere between 6 and 12 hours, so you're there for the whole, the whole thing. I mean, most are, like, at least 8, yeah, 8, yeah. 9. Because um, we, we usually start with like get the getting ready shots, you know, right. as uh, the bride is like putting on her jewelry, her dress, so right. doing her makeup, the hair, all that, and then um, similar shots for the guy putting on the watch, cufflinks, adjusting his bow tie, hanging out with the guys, you know, all that stuff. Right. Um, and then the whole day kind of just continues from there. Um, but yeah, and then you know, like for for me, I'm offering a boutique experience and doing lower volume. The way I'm positioning myself in the market is like, listen. I'm able to dedicate more time and attention to you as a client because I don't do that sort of volume, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm able to say, listen, I only do photo because this is what I'm best at and that's all I'm gonna be doing because I don't wanna provide you with the mediocre video experience, therefore I'm not gonna do video as well. Yeah. You know, whereas right. other companies might choose to do everything. Is that is um, that something you wanna, I remember we were talking, is that something you wanna start offering or you are partnering with someone for the video experience? Currently, I'm just I'm just doing referrals, you know, so like I have ama- amazing videographers I'm able to refer. They run a very similar business models to me, like smaller scale, you know, as far as the volume goes per year. Um, and and I've seen them deliver consistently over the years, you know, so I'm, a, I'm very confident with the people I'm referring. Awesome. Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not looking into so for our audience, for our guests who are in a similar position as you in photography or looking to be in a similar position as you, what you're saying is you do want to, you know, still have that, you know, uh, one-on-one experience with your clients, mm-hmm. but you also want to expand. So would the consultative approach still stay and then you would, you know, um, shoot the you know, events that you want to shoot, essentially, like yeah. the big ones, the nice ones, the Santorinis, et cetera, and then you would send out your shooters for stuff that you might not want to physically be there on set for. That's one way of putting it, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it's about finding like a, like a nice healthy balance, I'd say, right. between you know between shooting 300 a year as a, stu- as a business right. um, versus, because like, yeah, you as one person, there's no way you're shooting 300 a year. <laughs> right. That's like I said, there's 52 weekends in, in a year. Right. Uh, that's obviously be impossible. So um, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's about finding that balance. You right. Know? Um, that way, you're still even even the ones that you're not physically going and, and photographing yourself, 
you're still actually able to meet with those clients and get to know them. Um, yeah. and, and like, I'm still taking care of like the sales process. You know, I'm just talking about like outsourcing the shooting and then right. possibly the editing. Yeah. But the whole that know, the whole relationship part never is really gonna step yeah. away for right. you right. because right. They're, they're coming to you. They're trusting their entire the, the, the probably the most important day of their lives to you. Yeah. And you're providing them this above quality experience, yeah. so like it's never really going to be removed from that. Yeah. And look, like there's maybe there's somebody else listening to this that they believe in like the huge volume type of experience, um, and they believe in that business model. There's nothing wrong with it. This is just like my personal preference and opinion right. of of how I view myself running the business. You know. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I just I, I don't see myself outsourcing the position of somebody that is representing my name my brand and building relationships in my name yeah like i don't want like a studio manager that's going to meet with the client in, instead of me yeah like it's, that, that's it's, always going to be in your hands like that right. that that intimate relationship yeah that's yeah. I, I can't even imagine trying to sustain that many relationships with like 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 you said like a great a great number would be a hundred a hundred uh, different clients a year mm. and but that's like a hundred different couples all with their own necessary like intimate like yeah. requests oh, for sure for sure that's why you need a good crm system for that <laughs> well, what do you use man i use 17 hats okay i've, n I've actually never heard of that one yeah. so um you guys know what crm systems are right? yeah, yeah yeah of course yeah i live inside one man yeah, yeah so <laughs> yeah. um it's very uh it's very specific i think to like the creative industry um i mean you could you can kind of play around with how you set up your workflows and stuff like that to suit your own needs but yeah. Um, I think it works particularly well for the creative industry. Okay. And right. I, the name comes from like 17 hats. Like, you know, you have, you wear like every hat within yeah, yeah. the, cause like as a freelancer, you usually like doing, doing everything yourself. Roles, yeah. Right. So I think that's where the name comes from. So that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I guess, yeah. Good, uh, good efficient workflows are always going to make everything way more like manageable. No, of course. Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that like I've also been trying to do is automate as much as I can to make my life easier. Yeah. Um, when when did you start learning that you had to like start taking these necessary steps to improve efficiency? Like, I think I think over time you just like start you just build on what you already have. You make little tweaks here and there, and over time you look back like, wow, two years ago I was doing all of this like wrong or inefficiently. Yeah. Right? And you know you like I said you make little tiny tweaks because you think that might make something better, and then over time it just kind of adds up to like a huge change. Right. That's pretty cool. So um, for our guests listening, if they do have an event or a wedding or anything like that, uh, how can they find you? Are you only shooting New York uh, this summer? No, I'm, I'm, I'm worldwide, man. You know <laughs> that. Uh, passport ready all the time. So uh, nice. my website is jacobbrzniak.com. You're probably... We're going to throw, that, yeah, throw that up on the video because yeah. the spelling is all over the place. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm Polish. So it's J-A-K-U-B-R-E-D-Z-I-N-I-A-K. Dot com. It's gonna be right there. It's gonna be the right there on the video, video, yeah. Or uh, Jay Redzignac, uh on Instagram. Or yeah. yeah, just just as a side note, now that yeah. I'm, I I have to ask you because you do all these, you, you've seen, you've probably seen almost every single scale of, of like the wedding game. What was like one that you, always sticks out in your head, like as somebody who's just like done a lot of these? Um, as far as like well, like crazy stuff that happened, crazy or, like, stuff maybe, that happened, maybe, like, like great nice like, yeah. venues, like luxurious venues that stood out to me. Um, Man, like, I don't know. Every wedding is like so different, and like I hate like saying that there's one that's like my favorite or something like that. True. 
Uh, I feel like you know I, I, I really love everybody equally, um, but certainly there are certain venues that really you know stick out to you. Yeah. Um, I was I've been to Ohika Castle on Long Island. That's a, definitely a stunning venue. Um, recently, I shot one um, where the bride and groom just they just went like completely all out with um, the flowers and like the decor and all that. Um, that must have been visually stunning. Yeah, like right? the, yeah, visually it was like incredible, incredible um, work done over there. Um, and I, I don't <laughs> see like people always ask me like, do we have like crazy, crazy stories? Yeah. I have a few that I don't want to share because oh, it's, yeah. like, it's like so obvious who it's gonna be about. Um, but overall, man, well, it's, a, it's it's been it's, it's a, been it's been a wild ride. It's been it's never boring. Yeah, you know, and like, have you ever been hired as a as a team of photographers for uh, a larger venue? So it would be you, and they hired multiple photographers unrelated to. Your, so the venue doesn't usually hire photographers usually it's like whoever's organizing an event at the venue right right i meant the, the bride and groom right so like did they ever hire multiple photographers and you had to work with other oh no 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 like if it's it yeah the way it works is like people they you go to one photographer or one company and then okay yeah you don't you like um is that like some kind of like a photographer beef would happen like hey this is my wedding oh, this, this is my contract my, yeah, i yeah, am yeah, the yeah. sole exclusive photographer yeah, yeah sometimes yeah. sometimes like um sometimes especially russian venues they okay. have like this thing where um, they they have like their own like in-house venue photographer right that they send out and like that photographer tries to go around and take pictures of people on the table and at the end of the night they print out the photos and they go back and then they try to sell those prints to the couples at the venue I'm like there's like multiple multiple times I'm like my guy you gotta stop it's my wedding yeah you gotta leave you gotta put the <laughs> Sir, camera away doors over there um, and you know, and like, like one of the last ones, like dude was like 50 something years old. I'm like, listen, like I'm half your age, but I'm sorry. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in charge here. Like you gotta, <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my show. This is my show. No, really. Because here's the thing. Um, you go and you, first of all, it's annoying for guests when there's one photographer that's not with me. Right. He goes up, takes their photo, asks you to take their photo. They're smiling for his camera. And then I may not have even seen that, or I want their photo. Yeah. Two minutes later, I go up to them. It's like, oh, we just had their photo, our photo taken. I'm like, that guy's not with me. Like, I'm not gonna get those photos. The client's not gonna get those photos. You're not gonna get those photos unless you pay for them right here at the end of the night. Which is. And yeah. then that's money out of my pocket because like, if they do want to print of the photo, then they're not gonna order it from me. Has the right. relationship between... without a contract? My bad, Chris. Yeah, without yeah, a contract, yeah. how do they? Uh, how do they get paid? Are they just selling their wares immediately they're, after? No, I'm not sure of their business model. I don't know if the, if the venue pays them hourly right. or if they make maybe commission based on the sales they make from the prints. Right, right. I honestly have no idea. That's what I, I'm but assuming. What I do know is they have no place to be on my wedding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, because I, yeah, I had a, a, a basically a derivation of that. It's just like, like, how is the relationship between you and the venues that are like, like, has that... Uh, does it always go smoothly or I feel like sometimes there must be like some places where there's points of contrition for you between you and the venue and the venue yeah. wants it a certain way and yeah, yeah um not really with the venue like I said it's just like in those examples like if they try to send out their own photographers to, to try to make a little bit of extra cash there um it's there's friction between me and the guy I'm talking to with the camera, you know, that's for sure. Um, cause he's just like, Oh, I'm just doing my job. It's not, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, well, I'm doing mine right now. Yeah. Um, and, and no, honestly they get in my way, you know, um, especially during key events, like the first dance, like I don't want me and my second shooter. Like we have 
that communication already and we have like the knowledge of like listen if i'm shooting here and i have this lens on which means i'm shooting like the whole wide shot yeah and like you, you know that you should not be across from me to be, be in my shot you know you should be like on my side somewhere or like and you should be like zooming into like the closer details stuff like that yeah you know but another photographer we don't have that communication going on you yeah know? like we, we we've never worked together before um so they don't they don't know that and like they get in my shot and I'm like this this could have been like a killer shot for like the album cover or something you know and, and now they, it's you gone, just ruined yeah. it where you just cost me like an hour in Photoshop to remove you damn you know like and it's like it's little things like that that maybe they're not even considering maybe they're not doing it intentionally but hey but that's why people hire you they hire right. you because you have that experience you have that yeah. then understanding of logistics and of like yeah, just yeah. understanding manipulation of space and stuff like that yeah. Um, I guess before we go, uh, if you had to tell people, like, who want to, like, also participate in this industry, who want mm -hmm. to, like, like, the college kid who wants to get started, what, what would you tell yourself back when you started, now that you've gone through all these experiences? Um, Any things to avoid, basically, yeah, on so, your way to becoming a professional photographer. So, like, my, my journey, like, I, like, I kind of, like, touched on this before, was I went... Like I was just, I went a very traditional route, finished high school, went to college. I was gonna get like a regular nine to five job, whatever. Um, my biggest regret, honestly, is going to college. Mm. I feel like that was a huge waste of my time and my parents' money. Um, yeah. I mean, he has some very strong opinions had, about college. I had a good scholarship, you know. So, I, I, uh, with that being said, I don't think uh, college is a waste of time. It definitely is a waste of money. Like the ROI is just not there. But if I had used it for networking purposes, I think it would. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely, definitely agree on that. I was kind of like that's the other thing I, I messed up on was when I did when I was going to college. Instead of making uh, relationships, I was kind of like last kid into the class and first kid out of class, and I'll just go directly home. I didn't like I wasn't dorming there, so I would just go. Right. Yeah. You know, I didn't really focus on making friends there. I had like my own set of friends. Like we went to the gym together. You know. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. Um, so that's yeah, that's definitely one thing. But it depends on, like, your chosen career path. If you want to be a wedding photographer, do not study photography, like, in school, like, formally. If you want to go to college, go for business, go for marketing, you know. But even those, I feel like the tactics that, or the strategies that they currently teach in school are... Not by the time, really by the time you get outdated. out of school, they're already outdated. Yeah, they're outdated know? now. Or so, they're yeah. already outdated, you know. Yeah. Um, there is just so much valuable information out on the internet, either for free or for like those courses that cost like $97 or 297. Some of them are actually really good. Yeah. You know, like I've learned how to, how to use Facebook ads to market myself. And literally, yeah, like I paid, um, I think the course was like 197 bucks or whatever, you know, like you your return on investment is already dude, been, yeah. Dude, you have no idea how much return on investment I got from that, you know? Um, but yeah, like, and, and never, yeah, I would, so I would say like, never stop learning, always just continue education. Things are always changing. You know, currently like probably the one of the best ways to market yourself is social media and social media is changing every single day with how they tweak the algorithm, stuff like that. So just stay up to date on that. Um, networking and relationships, I think is like always, um, I'd say for like pretty much any business, right. be like one of the number one things you want to focus on. Yeah. You know, because Surrounding yourself with the right people and selling yourself to the right people is like critical. Critical, yeah, yeah. for sure. That's it. Um, and, and yeah, and like just don't be afraid to put in the work. Be patient, you know. You're not, you're not going to be 
the number one in the industry in your market overnight. Right. You know, keep to the game, keep your night, keep grinding, and you'll get there for sure. Keep showing up. Yep. Definitely. That's it. Yeah. Thank you so very much for being on our podcast. Pleasure. Thank you My so pleasure. very much for taking the time to actually speak with us about your business. And it's right. been pretty informative and guys. This was the Black Party Podcast. This was our guest, Jacob Rezenyuk. No, Rezenyuk. <laughs> Rezenyuk. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that's that. And my co-host here, Christopher Wong. Yo, it's me, Chris Wong. It's me. All right, guys. Chris Wong. Let's call it. Signing out.